If you want your life to make a difference, a real and lasting difference, well, you're at the right spot. Welcome to the God and a Man podcast. Over the next few minutes, we'll encourage you to pursue God's heart because we believe a man pursuing God's heart will make a difference. Thanks for listening to the God and a Man podcast. Now, here's Tim Brown to share some life-changing principles. Welcome to another episode of God and the Man uh, podcast. I'm Tim Brown, and today I have the uh, distinguished honor of introducing all of you folks to uh, a guy that, you know, I was thinking the other day, Steve, not really sure how you and I met so many years ago. I don't know if it was from the business side or if it was had to, you when you walked maybe through church or Sunday school, but I really got to thinking about that, and I'm not really sure how we got connected but um, I'm going to let you tell a, bit, a little bit of your story here in a minute anyway. But I, I, I wanted to try to tell people that, but I really can't remember exactly how we first encountered each other. You might remember. but Yeah, I remember well. You okay. were my Sunday school teacher. Okay. All right. Church. I didn't know if it was yeah. from that or not. So, But who's with me today is a man named Steve Cherry. He lives here in Bowling Green, Kentucky with me. Um, Steve is a uh, uh, real estate agent auctioneer, owns lots of other businesses, entrepreneur, um, been very uh, been very successful at what he does, um, has worked hard in his life, and he's a guy that, um, he's one of those guys I love to be around that I kind of call him self-made. It wasn't like they got handed something on a platter. and uh, But Steve and I have developed a, a, a friendship that I can't tell you the value of it. Um, there are men that have come across my path in my life that I know the Lord brought there for a reason. And, um, Steve is one of those guys. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited today just for he and I to talk about some things. And I think a lot of you are going to gain some valuable insight with some things. The other thing Steve has is he's got this voice that I'd love to have. I've always told people, if God doesn't sound like James Earl Jones when I meet him someday, I, I hope he sounds like Steve Cherry. Steve has this great voice, obviously, being an auctioneer as well. So, Steve, I'm going to kind of let you tell people how you got started in your career a little bit and give them a little bit of background, and then there's some specific things I want us to talk about. Sure. Well, thanks, Tim, first of all, for the invitation, and I appreciate this opportunity. Um, yeah, I think you and I met in Sunday school many, many years ago, and and I was your student, and uh uh, learned many things, and it kind of goes on from there, but not much to tell about me personally. Um, I met the Lord on June 10th, 1974. A lot of things have happened since that time, but as to my career, which you've asked about, how did I get into the real estate business? Well, it's kind of interesting. I was working for a company down in Nashville, Tennessee. I lived in Dixon, Tennessee at the time. I was born and raised right here in Bowling Green, and I was fired. I, I made district sales manager of the year uh, in uh, December, and I was fired in March due to a, a, an employee issue, and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. I came back to my hometown here in Bowling Green where all my family was, um, got involved in the real estate business, very quickly became an auctioneer, began to uh, help people find homes. Then I got into commercial real estate and then developing some, the auction business, and a lot of things happened. Um, but that business has really allowed me the opportunity to train with people 
many people would say I have trained real estate agents, but I think I have just been able to cross paths with a lot of wonderful people that have um, truly taught me so very much, more than they will ever know, although I have told some of them. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of how, uh, where I, I came from, and that's where I'm at today. I'm, I've been in this business for 30 years, and uh, I'm kind of, I'm 57 years old, so I'm kind of at that point in my life where um, I'm doing what I want to now as opposed to used to what I had to do, and that's a lot of fun, and it gives me a lot of more opportunities to think about and, and help other people. Um, and that's really what I like to do. You've got, you got three kids, three um, kids. Yeah. My daughter, my oldest daughter's 34, Ashley, uh, Ashley Brooks. She lives in Denver, Colorado. And my son, Nathan, he's now working with us in the business, been right. with us a couple of years now. Right. Um, and then my daughter, uh, Alexis, uh, she's 20 now. I can't believe that she's 20 and she's at, she's in her junior year at UK She's going into med school, and or she'll be in school for a long, long time. Both yeah. of them um, had a full ride scholarship, so uh, boy, that really saved us on the financial Absolutely. end. But yeah. I have great kids; they're they're all Christians, and um, you know, when you look back at your career, Tim, and you try to think about some of the things that you're most proud of. Um, Wow, I hope I don't get emotional here. <laughs> but that's one thing that I look back, and you know, nothing else really matters. Um, if you can, if you can look at your children who are all adults now and know that, um, they're all Christians, they understand that, uh, they understand, they're involved in their walk in different ways, but that just does so much. Uh, you know, I can have down days just like everybody else, but if I can just remember that, yeah, boy, it gets you through a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Really does. Well, I'll I'll echo that. I've uh, not had the opportunity, obviously, to be around your oldest daughter a whole lot because of where she lives. But uh, your other two children, I've had the opportunity to really know them, not just on the surface, just n- know who they are. And um, they they have they've been very fortunate that they got a good mama. And uh, she's wonderful. <laughs> she really is. Yeah. So we've been married 32 years now. Can you believe yeah, that? That's awesome. Awesome. And she works in the business with you. Yes, she has. Um, I was in two years before she got in, and we got. I got so busy. She got to come in and help, and yeah. she's been there. She takes care of so much. I, yeah. I just. Uh, I don't know how our family, our businesses, could last another day without Gretchen. Uh, she's just wonderful. Yeah. You and I both. Got very blessed. We overmarried. We Tim. exactly did. We no no <laughs> doubt about it. And and the good thing is 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 we is our wives will remind us of that every now and then too. Oh yeah, yeah, they, they enjoy that. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Steve, one one of the things I wanted to kind of spend time talking to you about today is something that I know that's I think pretty dear to your heart, um, and really is probably how you and I's relationship evolved even deeper was uh, you and I were in a situation um, some 10 or 11 years ago now, maybe even a little longer than that, where we, we saw the value of being in a, in a group of guys together on a consistent basis, what we at REUP call a fire team, which is a military term uh, that kind of gives the, the picture of men in a foxhole fighting a battle together. Uh, I, I wasn't in the military. My youngest son has been, and he informed me that that's what they call a group of guys in a foxhole fighting a battle together, kind of taking some heat, a uh, fire team. 
So within Reups Men's Ministry, we we use that terminology to kind of build a structure and a context for men to step into on a weekly basis, where they come together um, and spend time with each other, developing their their relationship with the Lord, um, developing a friendship. Uh, accountability in their life which so many men need and i feel like that was a setting that you and i really grew in our relationship with the lord but also as friends and the value of uh of that to me personally being in a fire team i could not express probably in this amount of time that we have and i know you kind of feel the same way so i thought it'd be better if some folks heard it from you they hear me talk a lot so I thought maybe you could shed a little bit of, of uh, light and emphasis on that. Yeah, sure. And, you know, as we get older, Tim, sometimes these time frames get away from us. You said 10 or 11 years ago. How about 19 years ago yeah. <laughs> uh, when that started? But um, I'm in a fire team now. Um, I'm going to tell you about the group of guys that um, I have the ability to share life with. Um, let me first tell you that how that team came together. There were some folks that I worked with, and I trained a lot of people in the real estate business, many of which are still in that business, and many of them live elsewhere. But nonetheless, I was talking to Gretchen one day at home, and I don't know, I think this idea actually came up from the fire team you and I were in for so long. And I asked her this question. I said, Gretchen, if I were to pass away tomorrow, and you needed to come up with six men to carry me out, who would those be? Well, Gretchen just started naming people, and I kind of agreed with two of the six. And I realized that I, like many men everywhere, have a real issue, and that is we don't have many close guy friends. And boy, we need them. And if the fire team that I've been involved with for so many years has taught me anything, it's just that. I went on to say to her, we were working with a a gentleman at that time, and he later left our company, and believe it or not, down to him, he's back. He's been back with us a couple of years, and I just thank the world of this guy, Barry Harris, and Barry, um, when Gretchen and I were talking, I said, you know what would break my heart, talking to Gretchen, and she said, what's that? And I said, well, it would break my heart if someday, 20 years from now, we're retired and we're out of this business, and in thinking about our careers, I were to say to you, now, who was that gentleman that worked with us for a season, he maybe a couple of years, and he, he was in the equipment business. I remember that. What was his name? And I said, that would break my heart because I just think so much of him. And um, so I told Gretchen, I said, I'm going to put together a new group of men that I want to be around, and he's going to be one of them. And so today... Um, Barry Harris and Tim Haley, I love him like a brother. Uh, Steve Henry, who's been a great mentor to me. <clears throat> Sorry for my voice, Tim. You shouldn't have bragged on I me. I'm not supposed up. to cry. Yeah. Um, and Mike Offit, what a spiritual mentor he's been. Um, he's down in Logan County, and as is Tim. But these guys come together um, on a, a, a very a scheduled. Uh, uh, time frame. And what we do is a little bit different. We share each other's homes. So if it's my turn, they come to my home. I host that. We'll actually prepare dinner for them. 
And after that, we will have a time of sharing. And um, if I can get through it emotionally, I want to tell you what just happened recently. Awesome. Um, we share a time that we, we love to travel together as a group. And we were at um, down your part of the country, down at Wrangler Camp, mm -hmm. down at Land Between the Lakes. Um, this was um, the first weekend in November, uh, so just not long ago. And we... Uh, we were there, we were camping, we had horses down there and, and, and wagons and uh, the whole thing was just about fellowship and to share together and to um, spend time together. And I, I felt the need to share with them uh, some medical issues that I had just been going through and kind of honestly been scared to death by what the doctors were telling me in, in terms of my, my blood tests were off and you know, the word leukemia came up and doing more extensive testing and um, it got pretty scary. And I shared that with those guys. And we just went on that night, had dinner and about the day and Saturday morning, we packed up and we're leaving. And Tim, this means the world to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Tim Haley, my good friend, he puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, Steve, if you would, I want you to, before we leave, <clears throat> I want you to come over here by this picnic table and have a seat. And these men placed their hands on me and began to pray. Individually, they prayed. Hmm. I was bawling. <laughs> now that's all good and fine. And obviously they were praying that God would intervene and heal whatever was going on in my body. I had a doctor's appointment three days later, came out of that doctor's appointment. The doctors read my blood test and they said, I don't know what you've been doing, but keep doing it because everything's now in line. Hmm. Now you may think, well, how wonderful to have a fire team that'll pray for you and, and healing happens. But you may believe that or not believe that. I know people think about that differently, but let me tell you the mistake that I made. I came back to my office, Steve, Steve Henry met me at the door. He said, what'd you find out? And I said, let me tell you what I found out. I just spent thousands of dollars and several weeks of blood testing. They've been sticking me one way or the other and all for nothing because now there's nothing wrong. Now I told you that Steve Henry has been been really a spiritual mentor to me. He's a few years my senior, not many, but he looked at me in such a way, he cocked his head just a bit, one eyebrow raised, and he said, really? And he walked away. Tim, I went to my office and cried. It was at that moment that I realized that a man in my fire team, he didn't scold me, but boy, he held me accountable. Mm -hmm. He'd made me realize in that instant how I was taking that. All of that testing was a waste of time because there was never anything wrong. So I had to run back to his office. And I said to him later, I said, you know, I, 
I read that all wrong, didn't I? And with, with the wisdom that only Steve Henry would have, he didn't say a word. He just looked at me. And he said, what do you mean? So I shared with him how that I had read that wrong and that I didn't take that. My fire team had prayed the very prayer just three days prior to that. And I get these wonderful results. And my response was, I'm aggravated a bunch of doctors. Hmm. Really? And so I think, where would I have been had I not had my fire team? Yeah. And just a few days later, we met again with all five of us in that group. And we, we, they all wanted to know what, what's going on. And I shared. And uh, Tim Haley, the one that started the prayer, he said, None of that surprises me at all. And then you realize that these, these men that you're around, and I could, Tim, I could go into story after story after story about how these people have ministered to me, and not only that, how each one of them in their own private, separate ways have had opportunities in their lives where they needed other men around them. Sure, yeah. And we've all, in different ways... Uh, ministered to them. Without our fire team, I'm not sure where those five men, including myself, would really be today. Yeah. So for me, it's non-optional. Yeah. I can't live another day in my life without being a part of a group of men that I know will hold me accountable, that I know I have a place to go to ask questions. When God reveals to me something that I don't understand, that's a place I can go in great comfort. And I can ask, I'm reading this, but I'm not sure. And boy, here it comes. Yeah. Just great wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. So I really appreciate that. I would have never been in a fire team had you not introduced me to that concept yeah. many, many years ago. And I so much appreciate that. And I think if each member of the fire, my fire team were here now, uh, they'd have many of the same stories. You know, I, as I listen to you tell that story, um, I, and, I, and I, I hear stories like that all the time from men now that, um, my own my own father I know uh, for in his seventies has realized that he didn't really ever have any true friends in his life mm-hmm. and now he has that and he's got a group of guys he's with and he's told me the value of it um, but but another component of it that was so valuable to me that I know I've said this to you before but I want to say it on uh, publicly this way for for men to hear this. Um, one of the reasons I know that you care a lot about me is is the things that you were willing to say to me hmm. in that context of a fire team to kind of risk our relationship, but I needed to hear. I know how much you care for me because you were willing to do that. And... Again, I'm like you. I'm not sure where I would be today if I didn't have you at times on a early morning sitting across from me in your way that you do things. You think a lot before you speak. And I can recall numerous times sitting across from a table from you just like I am right now. And I could, I knew you were processing. I knew you were thinking. And then you said some things to me sometimes that literally, to be honest with you, if I could have come across that table 
<laughs> and got hold of you, I'd have done it. I'm, I'm not sure how it would have turned out because you're a little stouter than I am, I think. But, um, but, I, but I realized once I stepped back from my emotions that you were saying what I needed to hear and you were willing to risk the relationship for that, which to me is who a true friend is, especially a man. And the value of that, again, the thing I hear from men over and over and over when they have a moral failure or they make mistakes was, man, I wish I'd had somebody in my life to say things to me that I needed to hear. Hmm. And I think you would echo that. You've had that happen. Absolutely. With you. Um, so the other component about a fire team I'd like for us to talk about for just a minute is the significance of of how God will use that setting and, that, and men in your life to even take his word and make it more revealing and impactful to you. And I know one of the, one of the truths that you have... Uh... So, Steve, I know a statement that kind of changed my life when I understood it from a scriptural basis that, that, that my... The man that discipled me and mentored me walked me through, but I know in the context of our original fire team, that was a kind of a life-changing um, truth as well for all the men that were in there was this statement that what I do is not who I am, but who I am has a huge impact on what I do if I truly know who I am. And for me, I know that changed so much when I learned that from a scriptural basis, and I think I know how much you have valued those identity truths as well um, and, and the context of learning it within a group of men at the same time. Yeah. You know, when you think about asking someone, uh, you introduce yourself to them and they introduce themselves back and oftentimes, you know, what you do as a career comes up. And that really is a man's identity that he understands that my name is Steve Cherry. I am an auctioneer and a real estate broker. Well, good for you, but that's not really the answer to the question when you think about who are you. And so I think Bob said that many years ago when he said, um, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, I'm a believer. You could answer that question in many ways, but once, some, once I realized that in, from an identity standpoint, that no one could ever take that away. I'm not always going to be a real estate agent or broker. I'm not always going to be a, a, an investor or a developer or um, you know, run a, have an auction school, but I'm always going to be a child of God. And when I realized that and no one can take that from me, it really came into the word forgiveness, which I have found even in recent weeks to be a great conversational word that people really see in such a different way. Mm. Um, the term forgiveness, when you think about who we are, when I finally accepted that I am forgiven, I'm a child of God first, and that means that I am forgiven for Tim all my past sins. But then I have to realize, and I think this is so confusing to so many men, we still fail. We still sin. It's the sinful nature that lives in us that causes that. We've got to recognize who that is. Mm -hmm. That's Satan. You say it often by the one that hates our guts. Right. 
where did that thought come from that I just thought? I know that I'm a child of God, so where did that come from? And when I recognize again who I am, my identity is solid, I'm a Christian, I'm a follower of God. However, I'm going to have certain thoughts, but I know through reading God's word that I can take power over that. I can call on Jesus' name and say, Satan, get behind me in Jesus' name. And I know that'll be taken care of. Now, that doesn't mean that it's a cakewalk every day, but to know that, that I've been forgiven of my past sins, many will believe that when they become a Christian. Their challenge is, if I'm a real Christian, then why did I just have that thought? Why did I just do what I just knew was wrong to do? Well, what I know is not only am I forgiven of my past sins, Tim, I'm forgiven of my present sins, the sins I'm committing today. I don't want to do that, but I will. And not only that, I'm forgiven of the future sins that I haven't even thought about yet. Yeah. Yeah. And to that's a real aha moment when you think about if you can believe that as a man, that you are a forgiven person and recognize that the word forgiven is past, present, and future tense, that unleashed me to really understand my identity. And that identity study was all about that. Yeah. I so much appreciated that. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of come, come with a new terminology, I think, for men that they these identity truths and you just hit on it. I mean, it's something to realize that we are forgiven for what we did in the past. Yes. But we struggle so much with the right now. That's right. And the term, the term I've come up with is one of the things we as men need to learn more than anything else is how to live in the past tense of who God says we are. Mm. And that's hard to do when we just have a thought that we shouldn't have had. But to think that, I need to remember it in the past tense that I'm in completed action in God's eyes. It's it's finished. I'm 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 a new creation. I've been forgiven. Um, I was crucified with Him. We could go. On. Those are all in the past tense. That's right. And for us to learn to live today and the future in the past tense is hard. But that goes back to what Bob said that if I what I do is not who I am, but if I but who I am has a huge impact on what I do. So when I understand who I am, this past tense creature in God's eyes, that all that was in the past, and now I'm completed in his eyes, that helps me. It does change what I do, and it does change the way I look at things. Um, it does, as, as a friend of mine has said recently, it, it does help me learn to quit looking down at my shoes. Hmm. And look up, and understand that that's that's the deal. And, I, and one of the stories I think kind of fits in with this, but it also talks about the significance of a fire team, and validates this statement that we're talking about here is um, something happened some 15 years ago when you and I were in a fire team. Um, an older gentleman mm-hmm. that you and I both knew, you had business relationship with him, I did as well. One time in passing, I was meeting with him, and I told him about our fire team. And he wanted to know what in the world was that, so I explained it to him. He still didn't really understand it. I left his office, and later that day, he called me and said, I've been thinking about that fire team you were talking about. You think you and your guys would let me come sit in on that? 
And I remember reaching out to you all and asking if it was okay, and all of you gave the thumbs up, and that man showed up uh, that morning, sat over in the corner by himself in a chair. We were at a conference table. Um, didn't really say anything. He just listened and watched and everything. He was a man that, in the world's eyes, had it all. A lot of young men wanted to be him. Um, and I'll never forget him after we finished that day. I remember looking at him and asking him if he wanted to say something. You probably recall that story. I do. And he spoke up with tears in his eyes, and I don't know if you remember what he said, but he said, I'm so jealous of you all mm. because you've got something that I've never had and not sure if I could ever have at the point I'm at in my life. And what he was jealous of was that we had each other we had friendship, we had accountability, we had men doing life together. We had men willing to take a bullet for each other. We had men willing to lay over another guy that had taken a hit and help nurse him back to life, whatever it took. Sure. And from that point on, that man and I have talked about that over the years and how he continually says he wants that so desperately, but he's not sure if he could ever have it because of the age he is. And, um, but he was a man that believed that what he did was who he was, and he had spent all of his time becoming that person mm. and never understood that what he did was not who he was. But who he was in Christ was really who he was and how that would change everything in his life. So I, I just I know that's something you've even – been very passionate about that I think you has impacted your own son hmm. um, with some of those truths. I don't know if there's something you could maybe share there uh, at all possibly that how you think maybe it has impacted your son or maybe the way he's seen you live your life and be around other men and just just your, your involvement with fire team and understanding your identity truths, how that's impacted your own son who I know has watched you intently as his dad. Well, I can say this about my son, um, and, and this is going to sound funny, but I mean it. I'd sure love to grow up and be like my son, Nathan Cherry. Um, he has got a real understanding that at the ripe old age of 24, uh, he's 24 now, I sure never had that. Um, he, he, um, I'd like to say that Nathan might think that I've taught him something, uh, maybe through observation, um, but boy, he's taught me so much more. He's a real man of God and has a heart to help a lot of people. Um, but as to your your story about the gentleman that stepped in, Tim, I could tell you story after story where people that we've crossed paths with, we've helped them as a fire team form other fire teams in our church and in the fire team I'm in now, and many, many people um, would recognize that story about, well, who, if something were to happen to you, who would your wife pick as six I, men? I didn't t comment a while ago, but at, you were the one that told me that story, that your wife had said that, and that became a catalyst in in the way I challenge men and teach men th the significance of why they need this. And, Absolutely. And I so appreciate the opportunity that you shared that way back so many years ago in your your wife and, and you had that conversation and because God has taken that and allowed me to use it 
in so many ways to to for the benefit of other men because it just really calls them straight to the mat and gets them thinking. Yeah, yeah. And if you're a man listening to this and you feel like you're in that same a predicament, if you will, just now that, you know, I don't know who my wife would choose as six close friends that would uh, take me out of the funeral home. Um, I would really encourage you to um, to think about that and to pray about that, depending upon where you are with your walk. Um, if, if you're not even just now a believer listening to this, I would challenge you to take pen and paper and write down some men that you would like to grow closer with and um, just let that relationship start. And many fire teams have come together only to discover that a couple of those members accepted Christ while even a year or so in that, in that fire team. And I yeah. love hearing those stories. It's, it's really impacting people's lives. One thing I want to, I guess, kind of wrap this up with, and I've been trying to do this with every man. I'm getting the opportunity to sit down across from the table right now and record some of these episodes is I want to I want to say a statement to you and just kind of let you run with it as we close but because uh, I know you you're gonna you believe what I'm getting ready to say that um, I think it's time that we as men grasp the fact that the faith and the future of the next generations is worth anything and everything that we can possibly do That's so true. to impact that. Yeah. I'm reminded by that statement by a man that I think I own all of his recordings other than Bob's, but it's uh, Zig Ziglar who yeah. passed many years ago. And I use this and have used this for 30 years in growing my business. And I think if men would think about this and people in fire teams would think about this, and people who are thinking about forming a fire team would think about this. It's this, he talks about success and he says, the way to be successful is really quite simple. You just help enough other people become successful. And we're not talking about business success. Right. We're not talking about financial success, although that could fit in that as well. Right. But when you think about fire teams and you want to grow and gr bring people together, I want to bring people together and surround myself with people that not only will help me, but that God could use me to help them. And if you surround yourself with a group of men and know that those group of men will change from time to time. I've had people in our fire team that moved to, you know, yeah. a thousand miles right. away, and that's right. not possible anymore to get with them. But um, God will show that here's another man that needs and has that strong desire. And uh, so, yeah, just um, if we could remember that, just if you want to be successful, it's really quite simple. Just help enough other people become successful. Yeah, what a what a great word to kind of close on and, and understanding the value of men investing in men. Hmm. Every age man, no matter who you are, can look over your shoulder and know that there's another generation coming behind you. And the significance of understanding that we as men were made in God's image. Every man can be a difference maker. That's right. We have to believe that and understand that. And so much of that comes from our identity. And a lot of men won't ever understand their identity in Christ unless they're willing to step into a group of men to help them learn that. 
and that God will use those men on that journey. So, Steve, I, I want to first off, I want to, as we close, I want to say how much I um, respect you as a person, um, as a man. I, I, I also want to know how much let people know how much I have valued having you in my life. One of the things I told myself after I had this heart attack almost a year and a half ago was that I would never not let a man that has made a difference in my life know how significant he is to me. Mm. And uh, so I want to let let you know that. But also um, it, it, use your what you've shared with us today to validate that this statement I want to close with, that If we'll just spend enough time to let God teach us enough so that we would learn enough Hmm. so that we might learn to live by his life in us, that God will take any man and through that man that learns to live by his life, take that man and do unbelievable things through that man Hmm. for God's glory. That's right. And you are definitely one of those men. And... uh, I'm so excited that you were, you're, you've always been willing to share. And uh, if somebody didn't gain something from this today, um, um, I don't know if there's a good Jerry Clower analogy we could use here, but, <laughs> but if somebody didn't learn from something today from what you've shared, um, I'd be very surprised. So I want to thank you for your time. I know you took time out of your day to come over and do this. And, um, Appreciate your passion for the Lord and passion for, for to encourage other men and empower them. Well, thank you, Tim, and thank you for the opportunity. And, and just know I certainly appreciate all you're doing. And just continue to help others. Yeah. Thank you, brother.